Welcome, everybody. This is Worlds of Books. Today is October 19th, 2021, and we are discussing the book The Green Mile by Stephen King. Uh, there are a couple of versions on Bard. Uh, I was hoping folks would read the Frank Muller one, but that's not a requirement. The book's the same whether you read the Ray Muller, uh, the Frank Muller one or the Ray Fouché one. But uh, the the uh, Frank Muller one was just recently added. So uh, I, I read it because I'd read the Ray Fouché one last time. But uh, I'm going to do my best. Y'all have to tolerate my fusion talking in the background. I've, I've got a character list here that it might be helpful uh, if I if I go over them and stuff in, in case it's been a while since you read the book. But let me let me see what I can do here. I'm going to try to... Like this. Yeah. Okay, let's see. The main characters, Paul Edgecombe, who is the main character. He's the bull goose screw, which I guess is the the, the head guard on the Green Mile uh, at the state prison in Cold Mountain. We're never given a state. It's somewhere in the south. There's some hints given, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I've got my own... Uh, philosophy about where it took place but uh uh it, it's not really exact he, he he mentioned some some real towns that are in mississippi he mentioned some towns that are in tennessee and in alabama and all over the place but uh uh let me get back to the character so uh janice is paul's wife uh, let's see uh let's see uh, okay uh john coffee the uh the healer the uh the Let's see. Uh, Edouard Delacroix, the little Cajun guy who who adopts a mouse and gets ex and gets executed. Uh, William Wharton, also known as Wild Bill. Brutus Howell, also known. He's one of the guards on the Green Mile, also known as known as Brutal. Uh, Dean Stanton, one of the main guys on the Green Mile. Harry Terwilliker, the and he's probably the the you know, the, the third or fourth guy on the Green Mile. Hal uh, Moores, who's the warden. His wife, Melinda, who has cancer. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Percy Wetmore. We all hate Percy, I hope. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, Miss, Mr. Jingles, the mouse, also known as Steamboat Willie, I guess, before Dell names him. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Elaine Connolly, who is who is uh, uh, Paul's friend when he goes to the uh, the Georgia Pines nursing home. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Brad Dolan, who is kind of the uh, the Percy counterpart. He's an orderly at the uh, Georgia Pines nursing home. Uh, Mr. Hammersmith, who I really didn't like, he's the reporter that covered the John Coffey trial. He really said some horrible things and stuff when he was comparing John Coffey to a dog and stuff that can turn on and stuff. But uh, more about that later. Let's see. My life. Let's see. I think that's most of the characters. Let me see. I have one more. 
Is my microphone live? Yeah. Yes. You're yes. live. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. You are here. Let's see. Okay. That that was all my characters. If I left some out, sorry about that. I think I covered the main ones and stuff. Good job, but, Alan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thanks, Marsha. So let's see. I I'm just going. I'm going to call on folks if that's okay. Right now we've got. Let's see. 11 folks here. Okay. And I'm just, I'm just going to go down in order. Let's see. Mickey, you're at the top of the list. Why don't you go first? Your area code 414, right? Yes, sir. Um, I liked it. I, that's the second time I read it, and I didn't really think I needed to. I thought I remembered, but boy, did I forget a lot. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a good book. It was... Um, a strong statement of uh, for capital punishment, I thought. <laughs> I mean, I opposed to. Right. Um, my favorite character in the book was, of course, Mr. Jingles. I mean, yeah. how can you not love Mr. Jingles? Yeah. Um, and it was just, uh, it was nice to reread and nice to have a, a, a you, you, the people you were supposed to hate, you hated. And the people you were supposed to love, you loved. He did a nice mm-hmm. job of that without putting pushing it down your throat. Yeah. And since we have a crowd, I'll shut up. Okay. Oh, well, thank you, Mickey. Let's see. Who's next? Brad, you're next. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, this is my first Stephen King book to read. Um, and uh, it was uh, hard to put down. I saw the movie years ago. Uh, and I didn't remember all that much about it. I remembered the high point. So when we, st- I was looking forward to reading the book. Um, like I said, once you start, it was hard to put down. <coughs> the characters, like you said, you could relate to them. The ones you loved, you loved. The ones you hated, you know, you hated. Stephen King does a fantastic job of creating his characters. Um, I absolutely love Frank Muller as a narrator. When I first got introduced to uh, audiobooks a long time ago. My mom gave me a bunch of John Grisham books on there on cassette tape of all things. And Frank mm. Muller read, read a lot of those. I think the first one was a runaway jury and some others. Uh, I remember um, um, the, the rainmaker. Anyway, I just thought he does a fantastic job the way he, he, he portrays characters in the book. It's, it's one I just can't say enough about Frank Muller one of my favorite narrators. Um, I believe it is Alabama. Somehow I think I got that from the movie. Maybe I don't know, but anyway, he did a very good job of portraying the, um, you know, early 1900s South. And I'll go ahead and yield to the rest in the group for now. Okay. Thanks, Brad. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's Stephen King, I have never read anybody that can quite tell a story. <laughs> and make the characters interesting and, and make, you know, ones that I like and want to r- really want to follow and stuff. And then he, normally his stuff has, has a decent ending too, which, which, which I like. I mean, I, I, if you have a choice, I'd, I'd much rather the ending be better than, 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 than miserable. But uh, uh, he can just flat tell a good story. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you too. Frank, Frank Muller's an excellent era. Uh, the ending but, was certainly sad. Uh, there right. were things about it that were sad, but there were th- it it didn't you know, 
it did tie everything up. Um, my gut yeah. told me that was Mr. Jingles that uh, Paul was going to see out in the shed at the, Right. I don't know why. I just said, it's the mouse. It's got to be the yeah. mouse. I don't know how he got there. <laughs> yeah. My gut said, it's the mouse, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. It, was, it, it, was, it was good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Jana Latrell. Hello. I think this was Hi. one of the best. Hi. I think this was one of the best Stephen King books I've read. Uh, and I haven't read anything by him for a while. And uh, Alan, you kind of are forcing that issue with the green mile and the uh, Billy Summers on one of the other groups. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, I've been meaning to read this book for a long time. Stephen King does a great job of portraying characters of different kinds. Some, some writers can only portray one type of character and they're all the same and his are not. Yeah. And uh, he just tells a, a great story and uh, I, I don't really have anything original to say, but I really did it. I really loved it. Well, I'll have to say if Janet and Brad, if, if y'all were the only two that I got to read this book by picking it, I'm glad I did it because uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's great. I, I think he, he is, he's just a great author. I think. Okay. Thanks. All right. Let's see. Marsha Moses. Hi there, Alan and everybody. Um, I I did enjoy the book and I can't uh, I really think I read it a, <laughs> years ago when it was out back in the 90s but I there are very few things that I remember uh reading it back in the day and it wasn't uh narrated by Frank Muller but he did one heck of a job on this one um uh but uh, I, 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 I think I appreciated it more now um, with the second time of reading. It's not one of my favorite Stephen King books. I think my favorite one, favorite two, actually, are The Stand. Well, three. The Stand, The Shining, and uh, 112263. But this is, this is a good one. And um, Stephen King is will always be one of my favorite writers. Um, Mr. Jingles, of course, is the king of the book, but I'll tell you what, I wish, <laughs> I wish there, I wish there was a John coffee in our life, in our lives, <laughs> because uh, we all need someone like a John coffee to help us out. And what a mountain of a wonderful man he was. And uh, uh, maybe I'll come back later. So anyway. Okay. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Marsha. LaDon. Yes. King writes compelling prose. And he can really draw you into the story. He loses me, however, when he delves into the supernatural. But with this book, he did it so skillfully that I seem to overlook that part about supernatural. And it seemed to work into the story pretty well, and I could forgive him for that. His next book, I believe, doesn't have any supernatural 
in it, but he has a propensity to work in ghosts and things. But it wasn't done. I don't know which narrator that I read, but to my ears, the narrator that I did read, whichever one it was, sounded to me just as though it were an old man telling his recollections and telling his story. And I thought he did an excellent job until it come to trying to be a female voice. And I think there was only maybe one female voice in the book and he didn't do much better than that. But other than that, I, I really, I really thought this really sounds like an old guy telling this story. So it was overall very excellent except for the supernatural. And like I say, it was uh, doable with this book. It was, so, it was okay. He did it so skillfully that I could overlook that for this time. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Ladon. We appreciate it. Uh, Deanna. Um, I think one of my favorite characters was Elaine. Because I like feisty older women being one of them. Um, I think that when you get old, people marginalize you a lot. I used to complain when I was much younger that I could hardly wait until people started treating me like a grown-up. And unfortunately, it's never happened because I have this little girl voice. And so I finally can answer my phone and not have people ask me if my mommy's there, but it still gets me into trouble because being 73, I've lived a long time and I've done a lot of things and I've been a lot of places and I've met a lot of people and I still find myself having to stand my ground and demand that people see me, not my disability, not my stature, not, you know, my my little round face, um, that they see who I am as a person. And I think that was the thing about John Coffey. They looked at the outside and he scared them because he was big and he was black. But yeah. he reminded me of <laughs> some of the dogs I have known in my life that are gentle giants. Because they know they're big and they don't want to hurt you. But they also don't want to see people hurt around them. And that was John Coffey. When he finally got angry, it was never to defend himself. It was always on behalf of the voiceless, the small, the hurt. So when he saved that sickness in himself instead of releasing it to dissipate he did it because he knew that percy was a bad man and that he deserved all of this badness that he'd been able to draw out of melinda and i think he was hoping it would get stuck in there which it did for some to some extent because Percy was never the same, I think, because as a human being, he didn't have enough in there to help carry him through. He was a spoiled brat, rich kid with connections, 
and um, he didn't have any fiber to him. He just had um, reflected glory. So that's all I need to say. Okay. Well, thank you. And I'm not marginalizing you, but the first time I heard you on a book group, I thought you were like 16 years old. So yeah, (laughs) you do have have that young voice. uh, but but I say make it work for you and stuff. But, but yeah, I, I can imagine it, it can be difficult at times. But, uh, yeah, gotta get but, people to take you seriously. Yeah, I, yeah, I can imagine. But uh, all right, well, great, excellent comments. Thank you so much. Let's see, Kathy Snyder. Okay, well, I enjoyed the book. I didn't think I was going to because I don't like spooky books, um, and I have only read. Did he write uh, Stephen King? Did he write Carrie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's the only book I read a long time ago, a long time ago, as Brad knows, like 40 something years ago. But um, <clears throat> I liked that it was, I thought it was an interesting concept that he wrote it as a serial novel. And he had read, I don't know if this is told in y'all's book, um, but the book I had from the library was a more recent paperback and he, the author wrote that he wrote it as a serial and originally sold it in little books. Um, so you bought each, uh, it's not really a chapter, but you bought each section individually. And, um, and so then he would, he would sort of re-explain it and kind of go back at the beginning of every serial book and that kind of bored me but then when I got done with it I thought well that that's kind of interesting but the gist of it to me is that this is a book about good and evil or good versus evil you had the good people and and the evil people and I thought it was interesting that both Paul and the mouse got got cured by um, John Coffey and then they live so long because right. Paul is 104 or something. And I was like, wow, that's really weird. It's almost like uh, they got the gift of, uh, I'll just say, long life or not ever dying or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I could still read print when this came out. This came it was published in 1996, and it was like six little small uh well yeah you know how publishing is it comes yeah. out in a lot of different formats they were they weren't really paperbacks they weren't really hardbacks either they were kind of a they had a harder cover than a paperback but they were they were almost like six little novellas and stuff but uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it it was an interesting concept and they talked about it in the audio version too they, they had a, okay. an intro section where they talked about the, the serialization and stuff and <laughs> and, and, the, and the plan and stuff this is Brad. When he released those like that, I mean, how far apart were they? Like a month or two apart? I, you know, that, do you remember? I don't remember. You know, it, it wasn't like, you know, novels typically come out like uh, a long novel, be like one a year and stuff, but it, it was uh-huh. quicker than that. But I can't remember how quickly they came out. But I, you know, I, I think it was a much tighter deadline because he made a reference to, you know, Dickens and stuff being tied to a deadline and i think he had a little bit of that too but uh maybe within a month or two of each other that you know that yeah, they, they can, well, he they discussed it in the, in the introduction and that's what i was right. thinking they were right. maybe 60 to 90 days apart I th- I, um, I think that's and then it's right, six yeah. sections so 
That yeah. would be about a, over a period of a year, maybe. Right. I, I think you. I think you probably nailed it. Yeah, I think that 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 does fit. So, but uh, but it, but it was it was it was interesting. I mean, it was an interesting concept and stuff too. The way you did it. So. Uh, okay, Sherry Wells. Well, I read this when it first came out on Bard, and by that time it was not a serial. It was just one book, and absolutely loved it. I was going to read it again, and I never got around to it. And now that you guys are talking, I kind of wish I would have made time for it. It's a fantastic book. It's certainly up there among my favorites. Um, and of course, like all of you said, I loved the mouse, loved coffee hated Percy. What's struck me as interesting, and Mickey sort of alluded to this too, a lot of times in books when a character is all bad or all good, they come across as kind of shallow writing because there's not much to them. They're bad guys or they're good guys. But Stephen King manages to have complex characters, even if they are all good or all bad. And his character development is just phenomenal. And I just read Billy Summers, and it was a really good book, but I don't think it was as good as The Green Mile. I think I like The Green Mile better. Um, and I don't have much more to say about it other than it was a fantastic book, and I'm glad you chose it, Alan. It brought up a lot of good yeah. memories. Okay, good, good, good comments. Okay, let's see. Let me make sure I get everybody here. Uh, let me see. Cindy Garcia Gilliams, welcome to the group, and it's your turn. Hello. Um, so I'm new, so um, I just wanted to say a few things. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, so I've watched the movie a few times, and uh, but I had never read the book. So when I saw the email and I looked... Um, I thought it was, I thought, okay, I'll read it. And um, I'm still reading it actually, um, but I know what happens because I've you know watched the movie and stuff. But um, I really like this narrator. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever listened to books that he's read before. Now I know he's read John Grisham. I have to go back, <laughs> go and find those. Right. Um, right. So I'm not, I'm not really able to, pinpoint like my favorite parts yet or favorite characters or anything yet um but I just I really like the story and um there's there's a you can see really what the what the culture was like back then and the beliefs of those days it's it's sort of like if if you've read um uh, of mice and men or books like that where they really go back into the culture kind of thing or something like that so um it was just, just a it's a really good book so far and i liked the letter that he wrote at the beginning about the serials and explaining how that worked because i never quite understood what that you know how that was executed and everything so i thought it was very interesting um let's see what else was I going to say? I had all these things planned and now my brain went blank. <laughs> um, oh, I, all I remember was that I, I agreed with a lot of the things that Marsha said. So yeah, there's that. And um, I think it was uh, Diane with the little voice. I get that too, because um, 
you know, I have such a small voice and I'm in my mid thirties. So (laughs) everyone thinks I'm like 18 or 19 or, you know, my early twenties and that sort of thing. So I definitely understand. I always got the, the, um, is this, uh, is your mom home? (laughs) I got that one a lot too. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to comment on that and I'm finished speaking. Thank you. Well, welcome to the group. You have a lovely voice and you're welcome to, uh, if you ever notice any of my emails, come to any group you'd like to come and listen or talk to because uh, we always we always enjoy having new folks come. And it's uh, Thank you. Uh, I will. The, the, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The more people we can get reading the, and, and talking, the better. So uh, outstanding. Yes. You made some good comments. Yes. So let's I can't. See. I'm going to finish the book. I can't wait. I, I really like the narrator. I'm going to go find other stuff he's done because I'm going to add Excellent. him to my favorite narrator's list. <laughs> uh, there you go. Good idea. All right. Uh, Liz Lindsay. Hello. Um, okay. I saw the movie a long time ago. Um, and then I read the book on audible, which is the Frank Muller version. And I loved it. It, it was one of those books that was profoundly sad. Um, I think it was the second Stephen King book that I read the first being 11, 63. Um, and I was convinced that Stephen King was a genius. when he first started publishing i i really i was fully involved with my career i didn't have time to sit at a a cassette machine so i just wasn't reading and what i had heard is that he wrote books like cujo and carrie which are all good books but i just wasn't into it at that time but uh, the books that um you know this is probably my one of my favorite stephen king book i i think i agree with marcia um that 112263 is still my favorite. But I was convinced that Stephen King really was much, much more than just a horror writer. He he had he had a lot of insight and he he you know folded that unfolded that in his books. Um, specifically to this book. I loved John Coffey and I was so very, very sad that he wasn't um, that he didn't get free. I was hoping for a miracle for him yeah. because he was, he was just that, he was just an amazing, amazing human being. And, you know, I wonder how many John coffees have been, you know, sentenced to life in prison or just because they were big and scary looking and they weren't at all. I don't know. Um, but I, I loved John coffee. Of course I hated, uh, what's his name? Ugh. Percy. 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 Yeah. Oh, Percy yeah. and then, and then uh, Brad. Uh, right. Um, I just, you know, and I think the whole picture of just how very depressing uh, death row really would be. I mean, it's just like, wow. And, and, you know, it doesn't touch our lives, but it touches so many people's lives. And it's just, it's just tragic. <laughs> just, But it was really a good book. And I'm so glad that you, you brought it back up into our, our radar. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. Good deal. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. So I think I've called on everybody. Is there anybody here that I didn't call on before I speak? Okay. Uh, I, 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 I love this book. Uh, I, 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 I love the movie, too. I mean, the, the, the movie's very well done very very true to the uh to the story and it's got some really good uh, good actors i mean i mean tom hanks plays paul edgecombe uh david morse who's been around a while plays brutus howell and uh 
Michael Clark Duncan, you know, plays John Coffey, and it's just unbelievably great. I, I, I don't know. His, his voice alone as John Coffey is great. Ellen, I'm sorry. What, what, who plays John Coffey? I'm sorry. I missed that. Uh, it's a guy named Michael Clark Duncan. He, he's dead oh, okay. now, but uh, oh. uh, that, 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 that was his kind of his stellar role, I think, as, as, a, as wow. an actor and stuff. And he was, you know, he, he was just wonderful. Having seen the movie first, when I was listening to the book, that's who I was mm-hmm. seeing as John Coffey. Uh, absolutely. Right, right, right. right. And uh, uh, J- James Cromwell plays uh, the, the warden, Warden Moores. If anybody's ever seen Babe, the, the story about the pig, he's the one that plays oh, yeah. Hall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it, it's just got a real good cast. And uh, uh, I, mean, it's, I don't know, Steve, Stephen King, I, it, he deserves his money. I, you know, I'm sorry. The, the man just tells a great story <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. able to adapt his stories to the movies well, too. So, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how many screenplays he's written and stuff or if somebody else does that. But his stories just translate well to the big screen as well. But uh, I, I don't know. This, this story, I just there's lots I like about it. There's, there's lots about it that, that I don't like. I mean, the, uh, I mean. If nothing else, it, it makes capital punishment and prison seem a lot better because it takes place in 1932 than it than it really has than it really must be because these guys these guards were okay guys except for Percy. I mean, Percy was a was obviously a dick, but yeah. I mean the, the rest of them <laughs> the rest of them were you know the rest of them were really good guys and stuff. And, and Paul was, and and the warden was a good guy, and uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah. it, it just does a good job of, you know, putting you back in time to 1932 in a prison situation and what it must like be like trying to keep these guys calm that are, that are you know, serving out their last days before they get executed and stuff. But, yeah, I like to... Uh kind of like to select a scene from book when I read it that's outstanding. He writes so smoothly and that there wasn't any scene uh, that just stood out for me except for the execution scene. And it was so written so that you could almost see the smoke and and smell the stench in the executing room when, when that was taking place. It was pretty oh, yeah, revolting. Was yeah, Lord that, yeah, that, that that scene was horrible. If nothing, it, I, I was most disappointed with the with the characters in charge that they let that happen. I mean, uh, you know, that's a, that's a lot of BS about putting Percy out front so that, that he'll get transferred and stuff. And yeah, I can understand all that, but man, they should never have let that happen. That that was just horrible to. That you know, for 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 his execution to be like that, and it just uh, uh, the, 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 I think that's one of the hardest scenes in the whole book and stuff. Well, Percy mm-hmm. got yeah. his, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, he got his payback, but it yep. it, it, it wasn't it wasn't quite as as yeah. bad as what Dale had to endure. And I, you know, y'all might think less of me, but I got to tell you, I think one of the funniest scenes in the book is when they go to heal Melinda Moore's. And she's cussing and saying some of those horrible things. I just oh, thought yeah. that was hilarious. You know, I, you know. I laughed out loud. I really did. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of the comments she made, I thought, oh, I was, I was just dying. I thought that was hilarious. I, did. But the, I, I actually, I really did. Picturing this, 
this old lady laughing, you know, saying all this stuff, you, you know, you know, cocksucker, whatever. I laughed out loud. <laughs> that was so well done. I don't know. Was, well, and you just have to feel so bad for the warden, though, at yeah. that particular time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but well, he Stephen had King always does so well with this kind of thing. I mean, that that's what he yeah. does with mm-hmm. his yeah. writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he really does. Yeah, he really makes it. He really drops you right into the scene. You can just see yeah, it happen. It's just a, it, it was it was just so well done. And, you know, I, I could just see that little mouse with the oil drop eyes and stuff, and just chasing that. <laughs> I, I don't know. That was just so well. So well described. You just you just love the mouse. And when and when Percy stomped on him, I just wanted yeah. to just oh, wring his neck. Stomp on I, him. Know. No, I wanted yeah. to stomp on him. I wanted to yeah. stomp on Percy's head. Uh, uh, he was horrible. Well, no, he was just go down lower. Go down lower. Oh well, yeah. you're right. You're right there. Right <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I, right. I don't know. I. I he just does a good, you know, he, Stephen King's obviously been around some real jerks and stuff because he, he does a good job of painting those characters where you really mm-hmm. can feel the meanness in them and stuff. And it just, I, I don't know, it just burns me up. I've never liked anybody like that. But, uh, yeah. uh, for, but, for those but, people who are looking for, Bob, want to look for Frank Miller books, uh, he died probably 12 years ago. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was oh, in a motorcycle no, accident. Yeah, he was in a motorcycle accident. I'm sorry, accident. No, in a, wow. I'm sorry how, how, Mickey, how, how did he die? Motorcycle accident. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. so. And the uh, other thing is that um, we had one reader, Anna something, I can't remember her name. She was recording oh, yeah. all the time. And she drowned in her basement trying to save the equipment that she used for recording. Oh, oh no. I remember no. that. Yeah, Emma, Anna, Anna. Anna. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of her last name. I could find her, but you can't either. But she was very, very good. The the two of them, you know, were at fairly much the same time, and it was. Mm. It's interesting that Stephen King chose to write a second book that took place in a prison. The Shawshank Redemption actually was a novelette. It was it was is easily as good as this book, but it's totally different. Totally different. It was great. Yeah. But around yeah. the same time frame, right? Uh, right, uh, Sherry? I don't remember what time frame that took. I think that took place later, yeah. The 50s. That was really good. Yeah, that and, was the 50s. The Shawshank yeah. Redemption movie was good, too, with Morgan Freeman, who, oh, I uh, think it's wonderful. Yeah. Oh. One of the best movies of all. Time. I love yeah. the movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's great, yeah. Because well, so, uh, a lot of times they don't, a lot of... Uh, uh, the writer, movie writers for Stephen King books don't don't give uh, give him uh, the the books uh, the writing justice. Because um, mm-hmm. I know The Shining was nowhere yeah. near as good as the book, or yeah. Under the Dome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah terrible. The, you know, he does a good like job of portraying. Was, that was good. And the eleven twenty, I like the shining in the eleven twenty two sixty three. I read those, and I read mm-hmm. h- halfway through Insomnia, and then I I sort of lost it. Yeah, <laughs> lost Insomnia was a weird yeah. one. Yeah, but I it was a weird. That. You know, the bit that I did read of it, I thought it was very 
you know, it was a good book. It was just a bit wordy and all yeah, that. Yeah, but but I did I did actually find myself gripped with the eleven twenty two sixty three, and I went and I got the Shining as well because I thought, you know, I want to read the book. I've seen the movie so many times. As far as eleven two sixty. Uh, 112263. I would love one of those burgers. <laughs> those oh, yeah. burgers. <laughs> I want the root beer soda. Oh, that's so also good. does a really good job of portraying children. If you've read if, if you read Christine, he mm-hmm. did such a great job with those teenagers and giving Maybe. each other noogies and stuff like that. That just cracked <laughs> me up. It was so uh, juvenile, just very I think that I think that's why I think that's why it's probably one of my favorite books by him because they have it starts out with their kids. Liz, are you are you, Liz, are you mm-hmm. still here? I am. Liz keeps saying, Marcia, you gotta read Christine. I still haven't, but I will. <laughs> oh, it is really good. Yes. Alan, it's really, really Alan, good. I have to leave a little bit early. So I was wondering if I could learn about next month's book before I leave. We're going to do a Kate Burkholder mystery, the first one in this series. Yay! Oh, what? I'm sorry, yeah. what? Which one? Hang on, Mark Marshall. Oh, gotcha. All right. Kate Burkholder. Yay! We're, we're, we're going to read the first Kate Burkholder book. It's by Excellent. Uh, uh, Linda Castillo, is the author. The book title is Sworn to Silence. Uh, mm. This is a series. It's, it's an Amish uh, uh, mm-hmm. detective, I think, or an Amish uh, cop. I'm not sure yes. what her position is. Yeah. And the DB number is 70357. Uh, Madeline Bazard narrates it. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've read a couple of these. There's, there's several in the series. The, I've read a couple mm. of the later ones. And they, they were Could you repeat, so. repeat the DB number? Yeah, it's uh, seven zero three five seven. Ellen, five digits. Brad, everybody always teases me about. Will you repeat that uh, book number? So I'm glad it was your turn this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sworn to Silence is the name mm-hmm. of it. So. I've got. I, I've got to go. So I want to say so long to everybody and see you next time. Goodbye. Okay. Thanks Bye, for coming, Ladon. Good night, Ladon. Okay. Bye, Ladon. Okay, and let's see. Uh, other comments on the Green Mile? I'm trying to think if I was finished. I think I was. <laughs> the the uh, yeah, I thought the I thought the scene when they when they, I, I you know I I I just really like that scene where he where they took coffee to Melinda to to heal her. I like mm-hmm. the interaction between those two characters when she said she dreamed of them and that they were in the dark and they found each other and she, when she gave him the crucifix. I just, you know, she yeah. was just a, she was obviously a, a, a really sweet person and stuff. And I just, uh, I thought that scene, that scene was, was, was very well done. And then, uh, uh, the, uh, and, and uh, another scene I really liked was when, uh, 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 Elaine Connolly, you know, got on that brag guy and said, my grandson is speaker of the house and you better, you know, Get out oh, of my yeah. face, or oh, yeah, or I'm, yes. or, 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 you know, I'm gonna yeah. make you lose your job and stuff. So that's, I, well, that, I, I always like it when some people, when somebody stands up to a bully and stuff, because that's mm-hmm. that's the only way to 
take care of them. At the, Elaine uh, was a was a wonderful, strong woman. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then I, I guess the last thing I wanted to mention was I, I have to agree that w- with what Paul said, you know, uh, 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 what salvation it could can also be like like damnation and stuff because uh, you know. I can't think of anything worse than outliving all of my loved ones and having to watch them all die. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. that, that's that's, yeah. that's got to be hard. And that that scene was tough when he when they were now when he was in Alabama with Janice and they had that bus wreck and and she died and stuff. Yeah. And, he, and you know, mm-hmm. and he was like one of four that survived and stuff. So he, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he, he obviously, you know, John Coffey, you know, blessed him somehow because he. Uh, he kept on, kept on keeping on and stuff, but uh, that, 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 that's gotta be hard. But uh, uh, I, I just, I thought Stephen King did a great job uh, bringing out some important issues and stuff. And like others have said, he, he delved into the whole capital, whole capital punishment thing and stuff. And if anybody never deserved being uh, getting capital punishment, it was John Coffey. And then, uh, uh, and, and nobody deserves to die like, Edward Delacour died. That, mm. that was just that, that no, was just no. horrible. But uh, right. uh, but but anyway, I, I, I thought the book, guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was good he, too. Well, mean, apparently he, was good he wasn't sweet when he murdered the child. But right, right, yeah, you're right. That and then he caused a fire to try to cover it up. So the people, right, right. Yeah, so, I mean that that uh, was not good. I, I, well, well I, mean, I think that that was one of the the. Um, intriguing things about this book is that you know all of these guys got here um because they well except for john coffee because mm-hmm. they did something horrible you know right but it right. really humanized them and it really mm-hmm. I mean, it's like yeah you know except, except for bill and <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he was yeah, obviously is, he was you know, as bad yeah. as percy he was evil who just loved this little mouse mm-hmm. you right. know I mean, he well, just, you know, it's really hard to, I, you know, I've never been, I've never been in favor of capital punishment, but this, this really, you know, you need to really, I mean, it makes well, you this think is, about This is Brad. When I remember thinking as I was reading it, that, you know, the crime that Delacroix committed and then the way he was in prison that, you know, he had a mental illness, yes. mental yeah. or emotional illness that caused you know, right. that I saw was at the root of the crime yeah. he did and the way he was yeah. in prison. Yeah. Well, and you can't have a person like that out in the world. I right. know when I attended a small church, <clears throat> a man that had just been released for um, molesting children had been a member of that church before, and his family brought him back, and that Ooh. was fine. I walked up to him and said, you know, I hope you know that um, you are still part of our family, but I did not take my children anywhere near him. My neighbor picked up her four-year-old and had her give him a hug. And to me, that crossed the line. I could not be cruel to someone, but I could not let that man anywhere near my two little girls. No. no kidding. No. And wow. you know, when he started coming to church, I talked to my little girls about how you couldn't tell by looking <laughs> who's nice and who's not. That you mm. have to trust your tummy and your head. Mm. If it doesn't mm. feel right, 
get your little self out of there as fast as you can. And you don't exactly. have to listen to any grown up that isn't your mommy and daddy and that yeah. you don't trust. Yeah. And good, if even if they advice. tell you you have to mind them, you don't, because all you have to do is come to me and I will stand between you and anybody that's trying to hurt you. And my four-year-old was going to nursery school and my neighbor, normally the one that picked up her daughter and, and told Tanya to give him a hug, um, usually drove her to nursery school. But I'd gotten a note that said there was not going to be nursery school the next day. They were doing reports or something. And so I told her, okay, honey, you can go out and play in the yard, but there's no school today. And then my neighbor's husband, on the he was getting off the night shift, drove up in his pickup truck, and he came to my house before his house, and he called out to her, um, come on, I'll take you to school, because he thought he would do his wife a favor and take my daughter and his son to school. My little girl looked up at the truck, didn't see Eric, her classmate, saw her. The daddy, not the mommy, the one that always took her, she came tearing in the house like a little banshee and almost knocked me down when she threw herself into my arms and said, Mommy, Eric's daddy just tried to steal me. <laughs> so I was hugging her and calming her down and saying, it's okay, you did the right thing. And he came walking in and he said, oh, Dee, I'm so sorry. I didn't think. And I said, well, you should have. Tim, you know, you you have a little girl too. You don't do that. If you're going to pick her up and rather than Pixie picking her up, you needed to come in and tell me so. And yeah. then I would have told you that there's no school today. Yeah. Um, it was know, an innocent mistake though. It I was, guess. but yeah. I was glad my little girl heard me yeah. and, you know, could extrapolate when something didn't seem right to her. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what state this book takes place in. And I know, I know Brad mentioned Alabama. I, I finally concluded that it, it's set in the South, but I'm not sure Stephen, Stephen King really had a single state in mind because he touches on a lot of, the, the way some of the wording is, uh, if you do a Google search, you'll you'll find something that that, that says that the movie takes place in Louisiana, and, 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 and there, there there's some there, there's some credibility to that because uh, the, the, there's Delacroix. a reference to the, 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 there's yeah Delacroix is obviously Cajun, Cajun. And, and from, from from Louisiana, and mm -hmm. I, I, I yeah. thought he's they said he committed his crime that down in Louisiana. Well. If you murder somebody in Louisiana, well, you're going to be in prison in Louisiana. Right. I can be in prison right. in another yeah. state. Well, but uh, I mean, th th there were some other things that, that didn't fit, though, because they the, the, they referenced Indianola a couple of times when Melinda was being taken to the to the hospital or to the doctor to get X-rays and stuff. Well, that's that's in Mississippi, and that's in the Delta in Mississippi. Is it? Uh, could that be yeah, over the border, yeah. though? I mean, could, how yeah, long? but it's it, it, it's further up north 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 oh, part okay. of Mississippi, so it's but are there not real close to? Louisiana. But there are, are sometimes are there, are there hospitals. Mountains? Are there yeah. mountains yeah. in northern Mississippi? 
No, no they, they, there aren't there aren't any mountains in Mississippi or Louisiana, really. There <laughs> no. are in Alabama, so, in, the, yeah. in northern Alabama, so maybe, right, and right. I believe northern Georgia too. But and Tennessee as well, ambiguous. Right, and, I think and, he yeah, was yeah. keeping it ambiguous for a but, reason. Uh, and he talked about right. the the bus accident happened as they were or going after they went through near Birmingham. Right, 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 and. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Then also, my my mother's family's from Alabama, and you know, lots of people from Alabama, uh, you know, will will migrate or flock towards uh, Atlanta because it's the big metropolitan right. area in the mm-hmm. southeast. So he talked about being in the Georgia Pines retirement community because his right. children put him in there. So I figured his children right. migrated to. Um, you know, the Atlanta areas. Anyway, to me, it was always in North took place in Northern Alabama. Yeah. And there, there's a couple of places you could drive. I mean, I, I even thought t- Tennessee fit in a couple of ways because right. he made reference to Knoxville a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, uh, uh, I think that, uh, one of the, uh, maybe it was that Hammersmith reporter and stuff, or, or one of them, they, they said was, went to Bowling Green, somewhere in Bowling Green. That's in Kentucky. That's Kentucky. That's in Kentucky. It, it, right. Right. So, I mean, it, it there's cities mentioned all around in, in the South and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I, I think he deliberately made it ambiguous and stuff. Yeah, yeah he did on purpose. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, King lives in Maine. So, <laughs> right, know, it's, right, it's, right. Uh, he's, he's drawing a really vivid picture of Southern life without having ever lived there. Right, it's right, from, yeah. 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 But, well, uh, I, so, thought yeah. He, I thought he left the location ambiguous because it, it was so such a condemnation of the prejudice and yeah, um, you're probably right. Yeah. The poor treatment yeah. of people. And then right. like um, the other thing I wanted to say, it's John Coffey. His whole character was somebody who felt the weight of the world's uh, mm. evil and nefarious people on his shoulders. And he really didn't live a happy life, you know, for many reasons. Yeah. But one of them was that he was an empath and he felt everybody's mm-hmm. pain. The pain. Yeah. And yeah. he was glad to like go to the um uh electric chair. Yeah. Um yeah. but he was still a child and part of his mind was still a child. So he was yeah. afraid of the dark and he was afraid yeah. of pain himself. Right. Although right. he took other people's pain. And he obviously yep. had had a lot of pain in his life because of all of his scars. Right. And they never went really, you know, Stephen King never really went into how no, he got the did. scars. And uh, I mean, he must have had one hell of a life. You know, yeah. I, mean, I liked I liked how the book was completely told from the point of view of Paul Edgecombe. Yeah. yeah. You know, obviously yeah. first person. But yeah, you know, we never knew really what was going on in the heads of anybody else. Well, I also like the fact that Edgecombe had his wife and he had someone he could talk to. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, she was great. Yeah, she was she was something. She was a wonderful wife. I mean, a wonderful woman. I mean, she Mm -hmm. she knew him so well. And uh, and what uh, you know, the 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 pain that he went through in in his work in a prison and. Well, I think she was doing the same thing for him that John Coffey did. She was drawing out the pain, even though it was not always easy for her. Right. And, you know, I I was just thinking about this, but John, uh, this just occurred to me. John Coffey was like a Christ-like figure and he was murdered. 
you know, and, but he, and he personified the really, really good. I was um, thinking and, about that. Yeah. So I just, just now I would, so I must've been getting your thoughts. But, um, <laughs> no, that was an obvious one that, that, yeah. that he was the black Christ. Yeah. Well, whatever color, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter the color. I mean, it just, he was, no, he was, but no. You know, I just as, as Christ was a Jew being persecuted mm-hmm. by the Romans. Right. You know, he was a black man in a white world, or at least right, all right. the power was in the white. Right. Hands. Yeah, you're yeah, right. you're you're right, Deanna. Yeah. Uh, I had a yep. question. When mm-hmm. at the at the end of the part one, when uh Paul and I can't remember which other guard it was, found the missing dowel in the hole up in the rafters in the confinement yeah. room. Um, and they talked about some colored pieces of, of, of wood. Mm -hmm. What were those? I wondered if it was from the spool. Yeah, it was splinters, Mm -hmm. splinters off the spool. Yeah. And how did the, how did Mr. Jingles get those, get those up there? I chewed them and carried them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess. And, uh, yeah. and I guess he carried a little piece of peppermint right. up there too. Yeah, and I think that was like his little his, nest up there. It was his right. way. It was his. Right. I think it was a little poo poo. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. That's what I. Well, thought. Yeah, that could be it too. <laughs> poetic you know, license. Pardon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literary yeah. poetic license. He just. Yeah. It was just yeah. part of the story to make. Mm-hmm. It's the magic or the. Uh, what did Ladon call it? The. Um, supernatural supernatural that was yeah. the he yeah. just throws that in there there were so many details he just threw in there um i like i liked how stephen king waited to the very very end to describe the bus wreck he yeah. alluded to it at one time he lost right about losing his wife in the in that bus accident then he never said another yeah. word about it right until a little chapter at the very end that was yeah yeah it yeah, filled in a blank well. for us, but at the very end of the story. Yep. Yeah, very well done. But, uh, I like how he said uh, somebody laying out about it. He says, I'll tell you later. He says, but I never did. Yeah. Right. Well, and there was a big bus wreck like that in Texas, Brad, wasn't there? Maybe 10, 15 years ago. And that's what occurred to me. I was thinking. Yeah, there was. It was similar. Texas. But there's probably been other bus wrecks like that. I don't know. Probably not many, but. Well, uh, just just to reiterate, uh, I, I think it, it almost brought tears to my eyes that first time in, in the movie too. When John Goff, John Coffey asked, "Is, is it dark?" Because he's he's afraid of the dark, and he's yes. on the green mile. I thought, man, this guy is. And I I, I got I, I got a little bit irritated because who would have really thought that a murderer would be holding those girls like he was in crime like that. I, mean, I don't know. It just, no. it just didn't wash. No. But, but of course, I mean, I mean, you got these redneck, you know, people in, in, in the early 1930s and they see a black man, they automatically assume that he's guilty. But uh, I, I just thought, man, the behavior just doesn't fit like a killer and stuff. Right. Come mm-hmm. on. I mean, so, uh, but so th- 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 there's plenty, and I think y'all are right. I think you're exactly right about the the ambiguity about the states is because the, the, they all get a good broad, broad brush of whacking because of the uh, of the treatment. I, I think of, uh, of of how how we've been down here, but uh, uh, but 
Yeah. Anyway, any, any, any other last comments? Well, I think he left the state ambiguous so that every state could think it was some other state, not them. Right. <laughs> it would oh, never yeah, happen yeah. here. <laughs> it, it, it was an indictment on the whole area. Sharing, especially in the right. South. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. Yeah. I, I, I don't doubt that for a second. And and I'm going to pull a Marcia again and ask what the name of the or what the number of the book is for next. I'm not going to tell you again. All righty. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> it is uh, the book's called Sworn to Silence, DB seven zero three five seven. Seven zero three five seven. All righty. So you. if you, if you find any Linda Castillo book that's a Kate Burkholder, you can go down drill down on Kate Burkholder series, and it'll list all of them for you and stuff. That'll be the that'll be the top one in the series list. So thank you. Uh, uh, but uh, 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 we're gonna try it. We're we're, we're gonna see. Ho hopefully, y'all like it. Like I said, I've enjoyed a couple of them, and uh, uh, I think that'll be a good one to read. And the other one I'm thinking about maybe reading another month, maybe if any of y'all have read it, it's called The Midnight Library. It's been listed on the most popular. Yeah, I've section. read it already. <laughs> is it is it any good? Um, it wasn't one, one of my favorites, oh, but oh, it's one a one good one. book. Okay. okay. All right. So, so you wouldn't you wouldn't recommend it, Deanna? Um, you might like it. I don't know. Um, it's yeah, yeah. about alternative lives and things yeah. like that yeah hmm. oh and by the way i just i just started uh last night i just started the the, the oh boy um ah shoot the the one for next uh billy summers no i already read that one awesome hmm. book wonderful book uh, uh care the carry uh care of oh, the road oh shoot now i can't it's not that color it's the one about the the, the artificial friends uh oh, oh. clara oh, and oh, Clara, oh. yeah mystery on sunday does anybody remember rebecca rebecca by right. Demore, yeah. one of my favorite books oh my gosh that's a and good sherry book. i'm i'm going to read it remember you were rec you recommended oh that's right we were talking yeah yes, yes ma'am yep yeah, I might have I a talk with you about that because I'm I'm struggling with it. So, uh, oh, uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's a it's a it's a bit seems a bit dated, but hey, uh, yeah, it might uh, be you know my memory might be a bit faulty. It might be a bit literary in her writing yeah. style because it's pretty old. Yeah, but I, yeah. I I thought it was wonderful. You can always go watch the Alfred Hitchcock movie. Well, to give you <laughs> to give you an idea, I read it for a 19th century literature class in college. Yep, so. There you what go. What do you think, Liz? <laughs> do you remember, Liz? Do you like it? I think I remember liking it because I liked some of those, you know, old Gothic things. But it's been a long time since I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sherry, did you read the Barbara Caruso narration or the Dale Carter narration? You know, I read it so long ago, I might have read it in print. I don't even okay. remember. Okay. I think, though, I've read it. I read it twice. And I, I yeah, I don't remember. I just remember it has an incredible ending. And yeah. No, I think I was talking to Randy and she said she didn't care for either one of the Bard narrators. So she just went and got it on Audible. So, yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, that's what I would do if I don't like a near. You know what? I was I got my library or my um, Audible thing uh, yesterday, and it's like I still have five credits to get me through till February, and I'm like, yes. So there I'm you good. go. There you go. Yeah. 
Oh, they wouldn't last know. long in my library. I'll tell you that. I'd spend those credits in a minute. Oh, I hear you. I've got a well, friend that's like, oh, I have 23 credits. I don't know what to do with them. And I'm just like, oh, don't give them to me. I'll okay. spend them real quick. Pass them on I didn't know you could have that many. Yeah, well, if you get the annual membership, you can get right. uh, yeah, 24 credits a year. I do the, the platinum membership and always run out of credits before I <laughs> never run. Well, I've got the, I think, Liz, what do I got? The gold. I think I have the gold. Well, anyway, my mm-hmm. minor new, my new ones will uh, show up in February. So, well, I figured out with the platinum, even though it's a, it's an upfront investment a little bit more. You still per credit, you get it cheaper than um, any other program. It's like less than ten dollars a book. So, hmm. is, is well, platinum mine... two two per month? Yes. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, it turns out that my I get mine for like ninety nine a year, and I get twelve, and you get a what a three credit rollover or something, and uh, so I'm good. That's pretty good. How did you get it for ninety nine? That's amazing. Because I call that is amazing because they, they they charge me one hundred and forty nine for twelve yeah. years. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. know, you all got to do is call them and say, um, can. No, I didn't cry. I didn't cry or whine or anything. Yeah, they just <laughs> oh, okay. What? What do I need? I can't. You know, I can't do this. Well, actually, uh, I think Randy was mentioning that she did the same thing. So I kind of went by what she said. So blame it on Randy. No, I'm just. You know what, Marsha? I tried doing it, and that's how I ended up getting the platinum. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good at. Uh, <laughs> whittling things down yeah i don't like doing that but it 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 worked well the woman that i talked with uh was very nice and then i got an email saying uh, from now on yours will be 99 a year well we'll see what happens when that email shows up <laughs> yeah. wow but yeah i, I wouldn't complain if i get them to reduce mine by 50 bucks a year i'd do that too yeah i sure wouldn't apologize for it yeah. Well, so, you know, I, if, if you can sweet talk them again, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. But yeah. Just, wow, yeah. it's like wow. I didn't believe. They said, well, from now on, it's going to be ninety nine a year for twelve credits, and then you get your rollover. So, and that's well, Marsha. You could make some extra money by offering to call for all these other people. Yeah, yeah. Marsha. Oh, <laughs> I suppose I could. Oh, yeah, I might just, uh, you know, I could do that. <laughs> Well, I've got to go, guys. So this right, has yeah, been a great too. discussion, and uh, oh, it has been. Oh, welcome, Cindy, please. and I hope you come yes. back again. Yes, absolutely. Yes, Cindy, Cindy. Cindy, please come back to other groups. We're delighted oh, yes. you came. So, and uh, thanks, everybody, for your excellent comments. And thank uh, you, Alan. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep. Bye, everybody. This is right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Oh, and Brad, I'm glad you showed up tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Marcia. Take care, everybody. Night night. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you bye. for having me. I appreciate Yo, it. it such oh, fun. Come back. Come back. Please come you know back. what? Please I come back. Went, my my husband got back and we started talking about movie adaptations, Stephen King books. And so look what you guys started. Because yeah, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> my my mother in law was an avid uh Stephen King fan and she's got she she had every book and she would actually get two of each book, one paperback and one hardback. And she wow. would she would read the paperback and then donate it. And then she'd keep the hardback for collection. 
And and she she was one of those readers that uh, she would never crack the spine when she would read it. So whenever she would donate the books, they were like, oh, did was this uh, you just bought it and never read it? And she said, oh, no, I read it many times. But, you know, they were always amazed at how new the, the paperbacks looked. She took care of her stuff. That's good. Yes, yes. she took she care of her stuff, and she loved Stephen King books. Yeah. She was a huge fan. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, right. we're, we for the for a little while here, we've been looking at the the list, and he's got so many books. It's amazing. Uh, he's got a bunch. Wonderful. He's got a bunch. Yeah. Well, so, thank right. you. I appreciate okay. you. All right. I'll be good back deal. next time. Excellent. Great. All right. See you next time. All right. Good night, everybody. Everybody. Take care. Good night. Let me, 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 let me,